What an emotional week it's been here in the city as we all try to make sense of the two officers, the EPS officers that were killed in the line of duty early Thursday morning, Constable Travis Jordan and Constable Brett Ryan. And as we're learning more about them and we're learning more details about this incident and trying to piece together to get some answers to lead us towards some closure, it's also raising a lot of feelings of grief for so many people. And we're going to talk about how to sort through some of those feelings right now with registered psychologist and owner of Courageous Leadership, Kim Canal is joining the show. Kim, thanks so much for making the time. Really appreciate it. Yes, no problem. There are a lot of different layers to this. I think that there is certainly the component of uh, of the fact that this shooter was 16 years old. And so yeah. there's a, a lot of conversations that are going to be had w- between parents and kids trying to make sense of this. What advice would you give to try to to steer through that, the conversation about about this being a youth and a young shooter, what direction would you say parents should should take? Yeah, I mean, I've actually had to have those conversations myself. I've got teenagers as well, and um, it's it's tricky. The first thing is that it's an important conversation to have because you know the kids have access to all of this information um, on their phones. And so I knew that I needed to, you know, have this conversation because they were going to find out from someone else if it wasn't from me. Um, And then secondly, you know, just asking them questions about like, how does that make them feel? And, you know, what, what comes up for them? You know, does it make them worried about anything? Um, Does it, is it something that will keep them up at night? you know, or do they feel like it's an isolated incident? Like just getting a sense of where their minds are going with this, because, you know, it's really important to really figure out, like, is this something they feel could happen, you know, with one of their friends, or is this something that they're seeing as, you know, far away from them? So it's really important to determine that. And I think it's important to emphasize, too, that this conversation needs to happen across the board, whether you're connected to this in a, in a personal way or not. Because as you mentioned, yeah. Kim, I mean, this information is out there and this is a story that the entire city is paying attention to. So it's important to open up the, the lines of communication, no matter mm-hmm. your connection. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And a big issue, too, is, you know, we don't know what each individual child is going to be thinking about it, right? Some some kids will really take this to heart and feel like they're not safe in their own world. And so those are the kids especially that I worry about because, you know, those are the ones that need us as parents and as caregivers to talk through this stuff with them. So, yeah, it's helpful to, to be that listening ear for them because, if their peers are the only ones that are that they're talking to, then sometimes, you know, things can get uh, muddy and blown out of proportion. And so you want to be that voice of reason for them. I wonder if you can speak to the idea of coming together as a community, because Mm -hmm. we've done this in Edmonton before and we will do it again. And, you know, overwhelmingly, I've seen a lot of people just lending their condolences and showing their support Mm -hmm. uh, online. And and even even our our listeners, too, have been sharing their thoughts of condolences. It seems like it's an outpouring of love. But how do we rally together as a community? What's the best way forward? Yeah, well, I mean... Absolutely. Any opportunity you 
find to be able to express, you know, your feelings and your grief about this, I think it's great. Um, Keeping those feelings bottled up, whether you're, you know, a child or an adult, it's not helpful. Definitely talk about it. And I think part of what hits us so hard is that this is a young person, right? I think a lot of us assumed when we first heard the news that this was maybe, you know, an adult situation. But this is even more tragic, I think, because of the age and the relationship that was involved, you know. And so um, I think a lot of people are wondering, like, how did this happen? How did how did this come to be? And so, you know, being able to grieve together and come together is great. And also being able to have conversations of, you know, are we seeing young people struggle mm-hmm. right now? Who do we see struggling? Do, do we need to reach out to those young people? Um, do we need to offer a listening ear or extra support? Because I can tell you from my own practice, Teachers and parents alike are struggling with the emotions of kids right now at school. And and I think, you know, a lot of it's because of what we've been through in the last few years. And everyone just is feeling overwhelmed. So, you know, when we see these young folks struggling, it's so important to reach out for help and um, and also as a community, be a listening ear for these young folks. Can you talk about maybe some signs um, to to look out for? I mean, certainly there would be some obvious ones, but is there anything that maybe is a little bit less obvious for, for parents or peers or teachers or anybody to try to keep yeah. a lookout? Yeah. You know, I talk to a lot of parents and kids, and I think the biggest thing that I see is don't wait too long. Right. Like there are often signs and I know nothing about the situation, you know, of that family. Right. But just in my own experience, I see that people see signs like, you know, kids are struggling with their homework. Kids then are struggling with peers. Then perhaps they dabble with vaping and weed and then perhaps they're getting in fights and then perhaps they're having relationship issues with friends. Like it seems like there's all these things that just keep adding up and adding up. It's not just one area of their life they're struggling in. And so by the time um, parents talk to me, there's about five or 10 things on the list. Mm -hmm. And if, if we had seen the signs in the first one or two things, you know, like they're not themselves, they're a little more angry than usual and their homework is slipping. Like if there's just like two or three things on the list, that is the time to reach out for support. Mm. And so for me, it's really like, don't wait, you know, even just if you think it's too early, it's still, it's still okay. Like people will still help. Right. Right. And and it might not be too early. Maybe we can catch this a little sooner before some of these behaviors really spiral um, into a whole bunch of things, you know, and then they get quite a bit older and then the consequences too are a lot more serious and just uh, address so, it yeah and I think the acceptance of reaching it. reaching out for help is something that seems to be much more normalized now but the idea of getting yeah. ahead of it is is something yeah. I think we still need to be a little bit more proactive on Kim I, I mentioned you know there's been a lot of condolences and there's been a lot of love that I've seen and mm-hmm. as I mentioned even from our listeners here and it's been wonderful but yeah. there's also been 
there's also been some anger that I've seen. Mm. Can you can you comment on that? Anger is a part of grief. Is it because we want answers? Is it because we want our own problems to be recognized? Can you can you comment on the anger yeah. being um, a part of this? Yeah. Well, and I'll kind of speak for myself. Even um, you know, I think it just doesn't make sense. And when we try and make sense of things, we look for who's to blame. And so I have no doubt that there were signs that this young person was not doing okay before this week, right? And so, and I'm not even saying that people didn't try to intervene. It's just, you know, clearly it didn't work. And so I think when um, we see such a failure of even the system, you know, did this family try and reach out for mental health support but was on a wait list? Um, did they try and talk to their family doctor, but they maybe he was just very busy and they haven't been able to get in? Like, how did this system fail this family? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's sometimes where the anger comes in is just like, who missed the signs? And and I also feel like anger comes from a place of fear sometimes too, which is, oh God, if this could happen to them, could it happen in our lives right. too? you know, in our community. And, and yeah, so there's all of the emotions that come up with this kind of thing. Yeah, there certainly have been a lot of them right here in our community, and they'll be felt for for quite some time. So Kim, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing your perspective on how to kind of work through all of that, no matter how you come at it, no matter how close you are to this story, or not. Uh, Really Mm -hmm. appreciate your time this afternoon. Yes, thanks for having me. Of course. Kim Canal is a registered psychologist and owner of Courageous Leadership, and she did speak to the system, and there are still so many questions about this story and how uh, how the system could have failed this, this 16-year-old.